Well, no, I was saying we like unstructured stuff. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm wearing a, a like a, a I don't know a suit jacket to to give a little structure to myself, but that doesn't <laughs> doesn't have to. Tr- I'm also drinking, so we're we're gonna be fine. Hey. Okay, perfect. Yeah, man, I just had Baja Blast. <laughs> I gotta say, I love everything that Andrew is bringing to the table with the recording. Is that recording? Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Right. You said that. Okay. Yeah. Put that out. Are you are you trying to get a sponsorship from Taco Bell right now? Honestly, I'm not saying that you should try the Taco Bell Baja Blast and sponsor us in the Feed the Beat program, Taco Bell. Uh, but some end to that sentence. Some end to that sentence. Nights are getting darker, and the winds are a-howling. Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make ska more important. Or as important, just as important as it already is. (laughs) (laughs) Both good. Uh, so normally, dear fans, you know how this goes. We talk about what we're drinking, we banter up top, but all of that is gone this week because we actually got, got, we landed a guest for the first time ever on this podcast. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, I'm just going to say what I've always wanted to say on the podcast. Um, our next guest is... The top of my charts, every Spotify wrapped, uh, they are the best band in best ska band in Mississippi. Uh, they just signed with Bad Time Records and their album Moonflower drops on November 3rd. Everybody, please give a warm virtual zero credits. Welcome to Flying Raccoon Suit. Yay! <laughs> That's us. Thank you for us. <laughs> you, you, you are welcome. Sorry we made you clap for yourselves. That feels... <laughs> well, we did that before the recording. I didn't too. do it no, this time. About, we have an opportunity to clap? Like, let's go. loves <laughs> it. Look at that. Uh, yes. I like uh, clapping for Andy. <laughs> oh, I like clapping for you. So we are sitting down today with uh, Andy, Jess, and Curly from Flying Raccoon Suit. And of course, John is here too, and I'm here. We're all here. We're all. It's great. I'm gonna stop talking for a minute. Poor John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely uh, taking. It's like, oh yeah, John's here too. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck my friend here. <laughs> fuck. I mean, pe- people are used to me, Henry. I would like to take a small amount of umbrage. Okay. Uh, I I would contend 
that they are the best band from Mississippi, and they beat the shit out of Three Doors Down and Afro Man. <laughs> oh yeah, Afro Man. <laughs> there was one of those things recently to come Afro up Man with bands scares me. from Mississippi. I forgot about that. Didn't he like beat somebody up on stage? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I, I think, think in Biloxi. I think he punched a girl in the face. Oh, okay. kicked the girl in the face. I don't remember. Okay, we'll we'll leave Afro Man's name out of it, but I I do <laughs> We're better than that. Though. We're better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do continue to say three doors down. Uh, can suck it. You guys are way better. Uh, <laughs> starting starting the podcast on a high note with a uh, slander. And yeah, let's libel. let's building others up by tearing others down the American oh, yeah. way. Tearing yeah. others three doors down. <laughs> are, you, are you saying oh. that, that, that we're your, uh, your kryptonite? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to make a three-door down joke, and it failed. No, it was great. <laughs> I understood the song name. <laughs> I don't get it that's all that, either. That's all that we needed. You were the only one brave enough of us to try. We all knew the one song, and we all wanted to make something out of it. That's true. Uh, I'm a little upset that we don't get to talk about what you're drinking and the banter. Just a little bit. Oh, I mean, I can't. I've talked about this drink before. I don't need to. John, you go first. Uh, Modelo. You did it. Does your drink have a name, Henry? Uh, It's got initials. Uh, quite like your band, but um, this is a JTR. Uh, it's a Everything JTR. has initials if you try hard enough. If you try hard enough, that's true. Um, it's a concoction that I, I learned in college, um, but I can't tell you the name unless you have three in one sitting. So, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's got to be, a, it's, a, it's a deep bonding. So wait, yeah. by the end of the podcast, do we get to tell you? Or you uh, that hard? Or what's I'm that? not going that hard. This is my wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fascinating Wait, right to back. me. It's fascinating <laughs> to me that the drink you chose is like a like a stunty college drink. It's like someone shows up for a meeting. They're like, "I'll have a walk me down." <laughs> yeah. You guys got jungle juice. That's all I want. <laughs> liquid marijuana. <laughs> Can I get a liquid marijuana from behind the bar, please? I have no. this- that tricked me. That's so bad. Don't ever send. I those refuse words to, me to make that. <laughs> I have these canned like Jack and Cokes that Coke started making, and they're really bad. It tastes just like <laughs> flat Coke. Amazing. Yeah. You, you said you bought a can Jack and Coke? <laughs> yeah, like Coke started doing That's this thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, Jack and Coke. There's no way that could stay fizzy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> how could you, and how it, could you think that that's good? I, I, I don't, I'll try it once. And did. <laughs> and <old> again. <laughs> um, yeah, so canned cocktails – Canned pre-made cocktails are actually a thing internationally. Like, they're really popular. Hmm. Uh, Like, you walk into a convenience store in Japan and, like, walk out with a rum and coke in a can with a different name. Yeah. Um, But America's been really slow to to kind of adapt to that. But we're starting to see, like, they've got, like, vodka seltzers and and other sort of, like, these canned concoctions that are are slow rolling out. But there's no way they can be good, right? I've, I've had some, I think, a vodka one that I liked. But I don't know. I I really didn't want to like. <laughs> I didn't want to bring up my vacation so soon. But in Germany, they like love the Coca Cola Jack Daniels in the can. Like they're all over really? the place. They love them. Huh. Uh, the I mean, Germans I each, have good taste, I guess. To each or their own, taste. you know. No, I wonder bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about the tasting of Coke in Germany? That's what I'm saying. That's like, fair. What is their actual like regular Coke taste like? Is it so good that like even the shitty type is great? Oh, that could or, be. 
Might be. Or just never mind, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> How do you wait, feel wait, hot pockets, Curly? <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't want to talk about that. Oh shit. That it was, was in his table. writer. It was table, in his writer. That's on me. That's on me. Disrespectful. Oh my I can't god. Believe the, you've done this. Uh real quick for me, just for the people who aren't familiar with you guys, can you individually introduce yourself so people compare a name to a voice? I'm Andrew. I play guitar in the band and record trombone on the albums. Uh, I'm Jessica. I sing and play melodica like two times, maybe. I'm Curly. I play the drums and record keyboard and do production and uh, engineering and mixing and stuff. He, oh, he yeah. does everything. He it's played the, the glockenspiel on this album. Yes. I did. Uncredited, by the way. Thanks, Andy. That's a percussion. <laughs> I credited it. <laughs> <laughs> There was a Glockenspiel. There is somewhere hidden uh, in this. Oh it is gosh. on clo- very, very close to the end of the album. Yeah. Oh, okay. That narrows it down. Yeah, it's <laughs> the last song. It's in the. Last oh song. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> now I know where it is. I'll That's where the Glockenspiel solo is. Wow, I'm so glad you said that because I clocked it as a harmonium, but I'm glad to know that it's a it's a glockenspiel. Oh, I don't actually know that one. I I have no idea what a harmonium is. I know it's a keyboard <laughs> instrument. Hey, you said that it, sound. You said it so confidently. <laughs> what about about a marimba? Isn't like a isn't that like a giant glockenspiel? Funny you should say. I sampled a marimba on another song on the album. Oh, oh my gosh! I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, we're getting deep cuts here. Uh, where's yeah. the marimba hidden? <laughs> Oh, that's that's in, in pinwheel, yeah. Pinwheel. No, no, isn't it? That's not the yeah, first thing. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, since we're on the topic of instruments, I just need to ask because my my very educated music brain needed to know at the beginning of "Eat the World" is that a theremin? It is. Yeah, I have. Um, I bought the cheapest theremin I could find because the nice ones are really expensive. So this one you can't turn off and on. It's just always playing. So I had to yeah wait for that part to come up and then turn it on real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, real theremin. Yeah. We could jump in right there. There's one interesting thing about that is uh, it ad- actually added kind of to the effect where um, Andy would have to turn it on. And then the theremin kind of naturally fades in in volume. And then, and I love this about uh, Afterglow, but the song um, Everyone Else, no, Red Herring. Red Herring? Yeah, that song. <laughs> At the end of that song, you hear like a little beeping thing that's like very like DIY. It's like Andy's house. Uh, at the end of Eat the World, you literally hear Andy turn off the fucking theremin. And I kept that in there on purpose because I was like, that's that touch for me. I love it's that. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't like that one wasn't the turn off. It was when you pull your hand out of the distance that it's oh, no. detecting. You I hear think. the actual flip of the switch. Like, a oh, I didn't catch that. I need yeah. to listen yeah, to that Yeah, yeah, you can hear it. It's cool. Damn. I'm- More things to, to, to re-listen for yeah. on subsequent listening man, i get in there <laughs> yeah. i mean that's awesome also i um, think we can say because this is dropping uh the day before but eat the world uh comes out tomorrow if you're yeah. listening to this eat the today, world is one of the which, singles which is, it is <laughs> oh my gosh that's really exciting that's a really I, I really like eat the world i'm glad we jumped in like that was, that was very natural how we did that good job everybody 
It's it comes out tomorrow. Everybody clap for yourselves again. If you're listening today, <laughs> this is recorded in the past. <laughs> and maybe the whole album's out by now. Who knows? No, let's do this ten years from now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, true. That's true. If anyone Lydia, can listen. No, we just have a ten year long promo period. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. One song just a per year. Very <laughs> slow drip of singles. Yeah. Oh. Um how many instruments, if you just could estimate, did you go through for the for for Moonglow for not Moonglow Moonflower? Hella, yo, <laughs> that's First a lot. Moonglow, like I know we're not doing an EP in between, like we did last time, but like a uh, some sort of remix between the two albums called Moonglow. That's pretty cool. That's a good idea. You can have yeah, that one for free. Idea. I don't want to do any more work. Please, no. <laughs> I'm already already writing it down. You, you committed. <laughs> You're recording yeah. at analog. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's not like we're like setting out like, oh man, we got to have more instruments than the last time and all this. But like, Andy's kind of just got a collection of instruments at his disposal and also can play everything. So it's like we we already knew like it's finally fucking time to have sousaphone on the album. Like we've we've done it on some covers and like some one off stuff, but like it's it's fucking time. And like the intro to the album. Uh, features that pretty heavily yeah and um the the same with like banjo so it's like it's not like we're like oh man let's do a song with sousaphone banjo and accordion but it's all kind of like it kind of started with the idea of like let's make in a cool intro completely different than how afterglow was um and the album before where it starts out heavy Mm -hmm. um i mean that that's more of like andy's brain to pick on but like that was sort of the idea and then it all kind of fell in place we found somebody that uh, could do accordion for the track, so we did it. And then, obviously, Jessica puts melodic on a bunch of stuff. And keys are kind of a staple in the recording process now. Um, pretty much every song's at least got some. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. In modern ska, that's kind of a thing, too, because, I mean, the live show is a different experience than the recording. And you'll hear bands that, for texturing purposes, they'll have you know keyboard and extra percussions in the song that they don't have live or they pull in fill-in players to do it live, or uh, a band like We Are The Union might have extra horns, like trumpets and stuff on the album. And whereas to tour, practically, they'll just roll with like a trombone, tenor sax, or something like that. But um, yeah, realizing we can do a lot of texturing on the album that you don't have to replicate live kind of frees you up. Also, about half of us come from uh, brass bands down here in the South, so we realized we could pull from that, and it would be pretty genuine since... Me, Nevin, Brandon, and Curly fills in with us. Been doing it for like about a decade, like as a way to pay the bills, even. So we feel like we could pull from that influence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's an interesting concept doing more texturing in a, in a recorded version rather than a live version um, that you're going to perform in front of, you know, on maybe like a tour or something. Uh, but how does that translation kind of go from like recorded to live? Like what, what things do you have to think about in that process? I guess like if, if you can't find a way to like fill out the sound, I guess stage presence and like, I guess interaction with the crowd kind of like stuff like that, make up for it, you know? Yeah. And if there's a, a trombone lick in a song, like pass it to another horn, if it's yeah, a necessary part. Just- get the trumpet to kind of pick up a little part of a solo. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's part, ways to adapt. And parts like uh, Eat the World, like that intro lends itself to crowd participation really well with like the hand claps and stuff. So just that's kind of what I was. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at there. So yeah. instead of theremin, we're just gonna have everybody clap and like, <laughs> clap it's the, the theremin. Same sound. It's, it's I don't the same see sound. us like <laughs> having like the sound guy. Hey, we got to set up this theremin just for like <laughs> eight seconds on stage. You know. By the way, the theremin doesn't turn off. So. <laughs> You'll have to mute this track about like uh, twenty seconds in, please. Thank you. Just real quick, punch in for eight seconds. <laughs> we'll give you a signal. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta watch your bassist really closely, but when he yeah. does the signal. Just in the middle of our set, one person just frantically waving. <laughs> it's here. Yeah. Very smooth. I this mean, is... it's kind of funny. Like, um, the, the trombone is so important in the studio, but, like, we really do, like, um, like tackle all those parts out. Like, the horns are going to take the trombone solo here or there because, I mean, obviously, Andy can't play guitar and trombone at the same time. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and practically, like... Get good. Uh, seven people in our van is about <laughs> yeah. the max too. Like we've been fortunate right. that uh trombone players have filled in with us in different parts of the country. Um, one, uh, one guy shout out Skylar showed up to our set uh, in Canada in Quebec. Right. And just had a trombone on him and was like, Hey, mind if I play red herring? We're like, absolutely. And then turns out he lived in the Northeast and we were going there next. So we're like, why don't you just <laughs> hop on these shows with us? Hell yeah. You know the songs. I mean, that's, that's serendipitous and amazing. I do have to make the argument that uh, I believe Dylan played guitar and harmonica at the same time. So how much harder could it be That's true. to play guitar and Fair trombone? Enough, yeah. If one time. person puts it in front of my face while I play guitar and they move the slide while yeah, I just play go. notes. There you Jessica, go. can you do that? <laughs> Teach me. Right, you'll, you'll have a headset mic like a pop star, so you'll be singing, but then you'll just be moving the trombone in front of my face. Okay. Like, like the episode of SpongeBob with the hat. I don't know that one. You don't know any of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun fact, Andy doesn't watch Spongebob. He doesn't know any Spongebob references besides what I've taught him. Wow. Yeah, I know the ones you've taught me. Uh, Andy's Spongebob was just renewed for its 15th season. Uh, I feel like now is the best time to jump on the, on yeah. the bus. Well, Jessica, how do you feel about season 14 of Spongebob? <laughs> it was great. How do you feel about the first hundred episodes that I, I bought you? Hundred episodes. I think it's it says it says the big hits. It's like six. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, hold on. I got you did the wrong one. Big yes. hits with six episodes. You're so full of shit. We went to watch one of them, and Jessica was like, "Wait, this isn't the episode I thought it was." <laughs> <laughs> oh it God. feels so weird to greatest hits a TV show. Yeah, that's a very '90s thing when The Simpsons or something wanted to cash in, or Dragon Ball Z cash in on a VHS that had two episodes on it. Absolutely. I do, oh, don't I, get I do me podcasts. started on the way Dragon Ball Z sold VHSs. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, one thing. So, sorry, Carly. Like, well, I had a Dragon Ball Z VHS, and for the longest time, I thought this was the vibe of the whole show. But it was a filler episode where Goku got his driver's license. Oh, um, the best episode. The best yeah. episode. And best so episode. I'm like, this is Dragon Ball Z right here. It's got that one VHS. <laughs> Goku learning how to go get groceries and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's so real. It's, yeah, it's so a real, real episode. That's a VHS. Absolutely real. So sorry, Curly, you were saying. No, I was just saying, uh, I do podcasts that just like we just, you know, talk nonsense for like three hours. And we literally had like a rank the top 10 SpongeBob moments. And it was fucking infuriating. I wasn't invited. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was in his writer. Sorry. <laughs> it was in his don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Curly's Rider was just a list of things that Curly did not want to talk about. There's really like no other no Flying other requirements. Suit, Moonflower. My baby hands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about music, the album, the band. Yeah. Did you just say your baby hands? Yeah, I got baby hands. Don't yeah, they're small. They're smaller than mine, and I I'm got small hands. Five, I'm five one. Well, the thing is, you so think you have small hands. I used to teach guitar lessons, and people would be like, "I can't learn. I've got like small hands." And Curly fucking shreds on guitar. So I'm like, "That's not true." <laughs> my one it makes excuse. Me mad because I can't play <laughs> right? chords because my hands won't. Like I feel like my hands aren't big enough, and then I see Curly just like no, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> I do do that. I love that right. guitar sound. That classic <laughs> guitar sound. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy wrist like this tone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not not to bring it back to questions, but uh, that's I'm okay. Gonna, I'm gonna ask uh, another. You have to ask in. us questions. I'm gonna ask <laughs> all questions. I, I did the the thing where I wrote them down, so I, I gotta ask them. You'll, I, you'll I, have to I, rein us in whenever. No, no, it's fine. Okay. This is all. This is great. I'm, I'm loving this, John. Are you loving this? I'm loving this. I want to jump ahead of your question. Do it. Simply an observation. <laughs> That's how much like I'm loving it. Do I'm it. loving this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to talk about this since Henry uh, asked the insightful question of how many musical instruments did you play? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That, that was mean. Um, just like uh, something, something that I noticed listening to the album uh, is... How do I articulate this? So, like, I, I was very impressed. I liked it a lot. And around Take This With You, I noticed, like, a that was, like, where it really got me. Where, like, I had heard this, like, conglomeration of, like, kind of a sparkly, like, indie rock Rilo Kylie thing. And there's ska. And there's rock and roll like tip there's like backbeaty ska stuff and then rock and roll stuff and then like harm's way style hardcore vocals <laughs> and like i think a lot of bands because I, I think i've seen you guys described this way of like uh defying a genre but i think of that as like living between spaces but around like take this with you you guys seem to like flip into genres with like total abandon and artistry in a way that like i don't know that i've ever heard it's not like there were influences of like a like a hardcore band it's just you go from like ska to hardcore to sparkly like indie rock to indie pop to hot jazz like it's 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 phasic it's not like between the two when i'm listening to it so it's an observation i don't have a question (laughs) (laughs) thank you well i appreciate it i definitely think there's stuff in the middle of the album that uh is like a lot more technical and probably like musicians will like a lot more than maybe a casual listener you know what's crazy is like here's about the third or fourth person this month who is who's brought up rilo kylie really yeah i I don't know which jessica likes that's and my that's favorite Star Wars me. character from the sequel trilogy. <laughs> no, that's it's shocking because like I I mean I used to listen to them, but I never took them as like an influence. I just I just think that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't even know that I could point clearly to what made me feel like a portion for portions for Fox's era Rilo Kylie thing, but I was like it just it appeared in my brain. I was like I, I totally I hear it now that you mention it, especially towards the uh, 
end of the album and like the softer indier songs you know the sparkly parts like you said especially swan song i hear it in swan song for oh for sure. sure for sure anyway good job <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate so, that it can so I mean, bad at just like, ending it's very hot abruptly. or cold whether uh i don't know translating it to a live set that'll keep people moving i feel like it's tricky so hopefully like yeah if it doesn't sound forced then we succeeded yeah and it's kind of like just taking what we did with afterglow because like um thinking of like what did we really like do differently or what did we what was our mission with this album we really kind of didn't have necessarily one we just kind of wanted to just take at take what we did with afterglow and just keep going and and yeah just evolve our own sound yeah and and it wasn't like like a force like let's purposefully do this this time or that it was just kind of like let's not break what worked you know and like in some cases that meant um let's double down on the genre shit like it wasn't necessarily something like all right now we gotta we gotta really like do every genre this time but it was more or less like what are we writing does this fit does this work and like I'm not going to talk about it, obviously, but long in the tooth, obviously, we're not going to talk about it at all. Not even. <laughs> like, again, it was a writer. Right don't talk about it. That song, I wouldn't even dare talk about it right now. I wouldn't do that. <clears throat> but of um, not. <laughs> that song in particular, I'm very excited to hear people's thoughts on because I think it is that it's definitely like <laughs> like next up on like what can we get away with as <laughs> like a Scott yeah. like yeah. before people are like all right let's fucking tone it <laughs> like rain it in rain it in man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chill out. <laughs> it's all it's all very genuine though, because it's like it's all genres we have an attachment to, mm-hmm. or like Curly's a, a metalhead, like, and uh, you know, I've been in brass bands. Jessica and I both love indie rock and stuff. I love so. Mazzy Star. I mean, you know, yeah, and, and we we all like the backbone for all of it is ska. So it's it's never like a, I don't know, hopefully reaching outside our wheelhouse because it's things we've been doing and other assets of our life for like a long time, but it's just sort of seeing if we can merge both of our worlds when we try those different things yeah i think that's why to me it felt so special because it felt joyous like it like sometimes it's it feels so belabored when a band is like this is our jazz track on our album like like it feels so forced and intellectual but this felt like really like both earned and fun whenever it would like dip into different genres well thank you i appreciate that yeah and And it it it, a lot of it too for me um is just kind of just trusting a lot of what Andy says, <laughs> like, cause, yeah, uh, same. Yeah, well, Curly. like, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause like we've been abandoned. We've been friends for so long. We played music together in multiple projects. And it's like, at some point, like Andy, will, Andy will show me a song or a part and it might not necessarily be the way that I hear it. I would love one day to, to release what the drum parts that I wrote for Swan song, because I heard something completely different that, and i still have the a different song yeah yeah i still have the track and like i i went and listened to it like a, a month or two ago and i was like man andy was right <laughs> like he because the parts that he kind of had in mind and, and he did rein it in he's like well this is what the vibe of the song is and i heard the part i'm like ah, this uh i'm not feeling it anymore and like i hear the song now i'm like god damn it he was right and like <laughs> yeah a lot just, of the process is just trusting andy's vision yeah it, well, like, well, just in everybody's vision, honestly, because like there's parts sometimes that um, like the the horn players will be playing. I'm like, I don't hear it. I don't get it. And then in the mixing phase, when I hear the song a ton of times and I'm like, I finally am like connecting with it. And like, uh, obviously, like 
my role as a producer is to like kind of guide that shit. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think we're even like moving closer to where like everybody kind of produces the album um, as far as like a a traditional producer role, because everybody just throws ideas at the wall and we see kind of what sticks. And I mean, it's not like I'm just gonna be like, Oh, this sucks. Let's go. Because this person likes it. But like, I mean, it is really like just trusting everybody and everybody's influences and kind of moving with it. Yeah. And what makes it easy about that is that we're all such good friends that like, we don't feel stupid bringing up our our weird ass ideas to each other. Yeah. So that's probably, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that, that makes it what it is. Our genre blending is probably just us being friends. Yeah, yeah that, that's what sounds like. People are very fun modest too. He like, yeah, because the producer is typically like the extra member of the band or whatever. So he has to do both things while being in the band, and he he guides a lot of it, like a lot of the vibe and stuff. But then, like he said in Swan Song, sometimes we will go back and forth and stuff. And um, I think I, and the recording process I know is hard because like Rebirth from the old album uh, Curly brings up is one that drove him a little crazy <laughs> because. Hearing the bones of that song, it's hard to explain what I was thinking. And it's like a four and a half minute long song. And I'm sitting on one chord. Uh, so he's recording me hitting upbeats in F minor for four and a half minutes. It's like, okay, uh, I guess I guess let's get a double with that. And then By the time put another we were one done down. with the double, I was like, this song sucks. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of my favorite songs from the album. And it's like, just fucking trust Andy. The guy knows the shit. <laughs> Well, and you too. And also, like, and everybody can bring songs to the table. Like, Curly wrote on this album. Uh, Brandon wrote on this album. Brandon had a song on the last album, too, that was very deep and jazzy and not something I could have come up with. So, yeah. Name the songs. What, which ones did oh, Brandon okay. write? Yeah. So, um, he did Don't Wait off of Afterglow. On this one, he brought uh, most of Sunflower to the table. Wow. Um, not, yeah. uh, not lyrics or anything, but, like, progression and melody and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, and Curly did. Uh, well, he talked about his song, mm-hmm. and then we we fuse a lot of stuff. Don't too. mention it. <laughs> don't <laughs> mention. Don't mention his song <laughs> <laughs> on the writer. It's on the writer. And uh, and Jessica and I collaborate in a really probably unusual way, writing lyrics too, because like I write some songs that she sings. Of, actually, for the first time on this album, uh, like Longshot has a part where we're kind of swapping in the verses. And she and I both wrote on that song, not thinking about where we're going to put pieces. And I wrote lines that she's singing, and she wrote some lines that I'm singing, which I don't think has happened before. Yeah, no, that was that was funny. Yeah, how we did yeah. that. Cool. <laughs> or like a swan song is one. Uh, she'll send me like s- lyrics that she hasn't written to a song, but is almost like free form poetry and stuff. And I'll put that to a song. Yeah, we'll just format it. Yeah, and I'll I'll take like a line of hers and add a line of mine. Uh, to like Bridget, line of hers, line of mine. And Swan Song is an interesting Frankenstein of ours because when I think of the lyrics, like the first line in the chorus is yours, the second line in the chorus is mine, third line is yours, <laughs> like just how we piece that together. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah, I just kind of, I, I write, you know, what comes to me. I just like write it in like one long form thing. And we just kind of like piece it and scrap what, what, you know, what we don't like and that's kind of how we do that. Yeah. So that's, I like how collaborative that is. Cause I feel like typically it's like one person writes a song and that's it. And we both have like the same thoughts about things. So it's, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it really comes through in y'all's work because uh, one of the things that I like highlighting about 
both Afterglow and Moonflower and probably your other stuff that I haven't listened to um, is that there's, there's, it never does it feel like the same sort of person is getting or the, or the same instrument is getting the spotlight from song to song. It's like we're passing the spotlight and the torch to these different things and these different movements so that every song sounds like its own sort of unique piece. Thanks. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, definitely. We try to push that. Like everybody, everybody wrote something on this album, even if it wasn't much, like even every horn player wrote stuff. Like me and Brandon probably split the horn parts about 50, 50, but then Guillermo and Nevin still wrote some stuff on there too. And some of Guillermo's solos are actually some of my favorites on the album this time. Yeah, he's, like in, he's I think it's, it's long shot. I think <laughs> yeah, is his the, solo that I like. The front of the album has got two Guillermo banger solos, man. Yeah, he's cool. got some good ass yeah. solos in this one. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, you, <laughs> you addressed one of my, my questions, Curly, because uh, I was going to ask, like, what was the vision or the mission? But throw that stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It really was just like, all right, time to do another album. Let's keep going. And I mean, it, and I think probably what bridged that was we haven't actually stopped. Because like, if you think about it and you kind of look at our timeline of Afterglow release, then we did um, a shitload of covers. We did Operation Ivy. We did uh, There Might Be Giants. We did Final Fantasy VII. You said There Might Be Giants? Uh, we did Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? You said There Might Be Giants. <laughs> There might be. There might be. There is a, a there joke. There's a joke song on one of their albums where they took a voice recording that somebody left for them, calling them that, and that is a track on one of their early albums. Just an old, an old Brooklyn woman going, "There must be giants." What? There could possibly be giants cover. Uh, and like, we also did the um, Afterthought EP, mm-hmm. and um, we put out Runaway, which is actually on this record. So it's like we hadn't really stopped. We could just been kind of pushing and chugging along and i mean with all that in between stuff like our process is really like kind of been streamlined like especially as far as like the producer and the engineering mixing role like i'm at least three times as fast as i was on afterglow as far as like the editing and the mixing process and that's just really just getting in there and fucking doing it and honestly just like i've i feel like coming off of afterglow and actually feeling adequate as like the the producer role like that that was a good feeling for me to just kind of feel validated and uh with moonflower like i just jumped in and didn't really overthink things like i used to and kind of just felt a little confident in what i'm hearing in my ear and yeah i i I love that we're able to kind of efficiently finally do this thing like uh and even after moonflower like there's so many ways that I know how to do things better, things that I'm already thinking about for a future project and everything, man. It's great. It's This might be the biggest break in recording we've had since like 2019 or so. Like mm-hmm. we got our the final version of this album a few months ago. And yeah, since then haven't recorded anything. That's probably the biggest break we've given ourselves. Um, yeah. in the last four years or so. No, do, do you miss it? No. <laughs> I do. I do. I think it's fun. It's a bonding experience. I, my, job, my job is exhausting. Like, uh, I mean, I love doing it for the band and stuff, but like, man, it's it, it can be tiring for sure. Especially like, I mean, I've got two kids and work full time and try to do YouTube and right. uh, Twitch streaming and everything. So it, it gets a little overwhelming when we're like deep in like the deadline of it all. 
So I'm enjoying this break personally. <laughs> it's it's good. I do miss it a lot, but um, you know, all of us have a bunch of songs written and stuff. It's not like there's no material. It's just mm. when do we want to start recording again and stuff like that because that's when it becomes a, a huge commitment. But I do I do enjoy doing it, and I love hanging out with Curly and Jess. But yeah, just as time commitments go, it's it is a lot. Well, and then you also always feel pressured to have the next thing in the pipeline and stuff like that. Cause it takes so long for stuff to come out. Like right. we knew we knew we were going to put this album out on bad time records, like last October. So yeah, now it's, it's been a year. It's, so it's been out. killing me to not tell. People. It takes so long for something to come out. You're like, <laughs> I need to already have the next thing recorded or else it's going to be three or four years. Oh my God. That was a year ago. Dude, to- what's wild is like, uh, we, we, we worked on this album in halves kind of like the, 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 the first like five or six songs are what we sent to Mike to get approved. And we probably shouldn't say this out loud, especially for Mike, but we didn't have the song, the rest of the songs even written. Just not like, I mean, some down. of them weren't, but, uh, some of them were like written, but like not, nothing in the pipeline, but like, we we're like, Hey, we're doing an album. Let's uh, you want to you want to do it? And then yeah. uh, <laughs> some of like, them were, right. were written. I think of Vidalia was the last one to be written. I just knew I wanted a brass band thing. I had a vision in my mind that I hadn't written anything for. But I'm just like, it's going to be an intro. Trust me. Right. But um, but some of them were written. I think Longshot. Uh, Longshot, you said, was from like yeah. 2012. It's like 10 years old. It's around when I wrote Rebirth. Uh, it used to be a song called Sinking Ship that we salvaged some lyrics for to go into driftwood. So that makes sense. But yeah, there's so many songs that are just sitting in a folder and tons will never see the light of day. And sometimes you might look at a folder and be like, ah, oh, this one could actually be brushed up. And actually take this with you. Uh, we wrote at my birthday party that you threw <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to say why we named it that you're talking uh, about beforehand? Okay. So, you know, we had this song called Bleed Me Dry from uh, Afterglow. So I remember we were trying to write it, practice it and everything. And, and Brandon, he was like, hey, can y'all wait? I got to go to the bathroom. But, you know, Andy had his phone recording, you know, because we were trying to write the song. And so he's like, hold on. Wait, no, it was me. I, I, I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> and Brandon gets up out of his chair. He turns around and he goes, take this with you. And he just like rips a fart at me. <laughs> So that's, and, and I, you know, I like fell on the floor laughing, I, and, and and so we named the recording "Bleed Me Dry Fart." And so yep. Andy threw me a surprise <laughs> birthday party. Everybody was at my apartment, and then we like at the end of it, me and Andy sat down with my acoustic guitar, and he just started playing that riff. And uh, I just called it "Take This With You" because yeah. because of when he said that, and I was just thinking about it. It was I, yeah, yeah, and it. I had my phone rolling because, yeah, we were, it was me, Jessica, and Brandon. We were writing the horn parts. So, this is during the horn part recording of Bleed Me Dry that we got the seeds for Take This With You. This, this clip exists still somewhere. It's <laughs> Bleed Me Dry phone. Fart. Oh, wait, like, you can hear me laughing. You can hear me. It's on my old phone. Yeah. It's really oh stupid, but I will say it is a really comically timed fart. It's, it's a fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah. very like, hey, take this with you. And then uh, it's it's like a minute long I don't clip. Know if it sounds like that. That's not like wet hair. <laughs> it's a, that's what? like hey, you weren't there. <laughs> but it's like a minute long clip, and I remember that that happens 
like 30 seconds in and the rest is Jessica crying <laughs> laughing about it <laughs> like I crumple down to your hallway crying I, yeah. I gotta say like I uh, so I, I did like a deep listen to the album and like I really fell in love with that song and I hope I, this doesn't ruin it it doesn't it in fact improves it, it and then I was like I was thinking I was pondering I was like what a what a, what a fascinating and inviting name to a song. What does it mean? <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought about it for a long time. And, and it was the first song that like really got me. And to learn that it's named after a perfectly timed fart only improves its mythos in my mind. Okay, great. Because, yeah, you can interpret the lyrics differently. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. written about that, but the phrase. You'll never hear it the same way again. Yeah, like, Henry, Henry's a writer. This is the writing prompt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You see, that, that's what I mean about our, our writing process and, like, our recording. It's like there's no, there's no shortage of, like, inside jokes or, like, you know, funny, stupid things like that happening. And it's always me and Curly back and forth with our laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have very uh, – their laughs definitely prolong a joke. which is is great i'm speechless (laughs) i hope i hope uh everybody go buy moonflower (laughs) uh let's talk about the name a little bit um so you've got your previous album afterglow now we've got moonflower they're both one word light evoking titles What's up with that? We're werewolves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Cool. So, moving on. So this was a. Uh, uh, I think I did well for Afterglow. We probably picked it as a group. I remember us being between naming it after a song, and we wanted the song to either be Toss and Turn or Afterglow. So we settled on that. And um, and speaking of fart jokes, uh, Toss and Turn <laughs> always sounded like a turd to me, so that's why we went with Afterglow. Yeah, yeah, you had a really strong okay. argument against using that. <laughs> you know why? How? It just sounds like turd. Tossing turd. Yeah, tossing turd. I don't just, no. You're yeah. you planted that. I don't. I, don't I, I didn't it. know the phrase toss and turn. Like other than maybe like having trouble at sleep at night and like you're like a tossing in a turn. I mean, that's what it that, means. Like it sounded weird <laughs> to me. Like it's like, is this a sex thing? Is it a turd thing? <laughs> I, I like that. Whoa. <laughs> Where is this coming from? It can go in, in one of two directions. About, yeah. Curly, Curly, what have we been... ever written about sex and turds? What have we, we ever wrote done about this? a fart? Who cares? <laughs> After the fact. It's been three years, Curly. <laughs> I've said this all to you before. Don't act surprised. <laughs> but for Moonflower, <laughs> Jessica, uh, Jessica named this one. Uh, and it's we were having trouble coming up with a name for the brass band song because I wanted it to be sort of a New Orleans dirge. And I'm mm. like, well, in the tradition of old blues music, it would be something blues as the title and probably the name of a location like on a Beale Street blues or something like that. So I was thinking it would be cool if we could name the title like something blues. We eventually eventually settled on uh, Vidalia, which uh, so the swan song video has been out by this point. It's uh, Jessica's like childhood home, right? She had this idea to sort of destroy it and have that be the symbolism. The a road near that was Vidalia, so we're like, okay, that's a place that is you know meaningful okay. and stuff. But Vidalia Blues didn't sit quite right, so we just went with Vidalia. But sitting on the same theme of being Southern, we were trying to point to like, is there a song title we could use the imagery for that would be like both 
Southern and kind of get at the point of the uh, album. And we didn't want to use sunflower, but there's another, there's a real plant in the South called the moonflower, which I do botany and I'm really into it. And this plant kind of, I don't know, kind of goes along with all the moon and imagery and stuff like that. And it's something that blooms at night, which is really interesting. And I love that symbolism. And the funny thing is Jessica suggested it, I think not knowing that. And then I nerded it out and I was like, that's perfect. You it was it. just a joke because, yeah, cool. because I was making like a Pokemon sun and moon joke about sunflower. <laughs> and I was like, what? okay, fucking moonflower. Okay. And it, ended up it, actually working it came up around like you're saying um first off is it vidalia or vidalia i don't trust you uh jessica i don't know i just want to point out that's not my childhood home it's my my mom's house that all my childhood things were in oh that's what it is yeah and uh but vidalia road is uh, that's what i call it but that, that's wait that's a third one <laughs> that's the road that i learned how to drive on and it's the, like around the corner from the house so it's it's like a symbolic kind of thing for me you know yeah and it fits that southern theme of like yeah places being sort of so i I didn't know what it was which happened a few times in this 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 album so i looked it up and all i could find was uh some type of nomenclature used to describe mild sweet onions grown near (laughs) medallion onions (laughs) (laughs) onions have layers onions have layers (laughs) and like you know we're from the swamp just like Shrek. Yeah, I did love pulling from all the swampy things, even in the imagery, <laughs> like the promo photos, the the writing with like Southern brass bands. I loved because we're from the South and not a lot of ska what? bands are. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like pulling from that was, um, yeah, and I wanted to do, to do that because that's not an area that's been explored too much. Southern ska. In, in terms of fusing with this music, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, when I was watching the video for Swan Song, I don't know if this is, and we can get as far into the Mississippi of it as we want to. <laughs> yeah, let's not go but too like, far. Let's... The, <laughs> and no one wants to go too far into Mississippi. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it was because I knew you guys were from Mississippi. But for some reason, the imagery of a house being wrecked in the South is like very pregnant imagery for me. Like it's, it's, it's weirdly, strangely powerful not to like bring it to hurricanes and stuff, but like, I don't know. Everyone has seen a house get wrecked if they live on the coast. It is. That is absolutely true. And it's also like, I mean, old dilapidated, you know, houses and all sorts of stuff like overgrown with ivy and weeds is like, I feel like that's the Southern Gothic imagery that people associate with down here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fitting. It definitely doesn't look like we're filming, you know, on the coast of California or something like that. That, that house has seen a lot of, a uh, a lot of sad stuff. I'll just say that. Um, so it does need, it needed to be torn down and all those things needed to be getting rid of or gotten rid of. So Good thing we did that. <laughs> yeah, some houses just need to be torn down. That yeah, no two ways sure. about it. It worked out, and uh, yeah, and that was, and also in terms of collaboration, yeah, I think the music video ideas for all three singles were different people. So um, yeah, that was Jessica's music video idea. Awesome. And and the one that drops tomorrow, as of uh, when this <laughs> airs, uh, that was like Brandon's uh, video idea and stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, w- would you label? 
the video for Swan's song maybe like a deconstruction of the Southern guy? <laughs> mm. <Ooh. Hey. laughs> Too clever by half, Henry. Too clever Probably. by half. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like we we're not like typically like this artsy or thoughtful on this stuff, but like we kind of tried to get up our own ass about some things here. Like we've um, earned it. For example, like <laughs> Sunflower and Moonflower. There's like a an opposites kind of thing going on there. Um, there was <laughs> there's literally um, thematic like lyrics callbacks like in songs where the like the verse will from one song will come back in another one and right. things like that. So like like we kind of try to get a little deep, but like no, still um, make songs about farts. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys will allow me to go way up uh, the the literary critique ass, so to speak. Oh, sure. The album is called Moonflower, and you have a song called Sunflower, and there's no song called Moonflower, but you do have a song called Dyad. And a dyad is something composed of two elements, and I've read this album in a way as like, it takes both the sunflower and the moonflower to create the whole represented by a dyad. You fucking... You fucking nailed it. I, I didn't like even it. know that. Thought of before, that's what we're going with now. <laughs> we, we do have some connections like planned in the songs. I mean, obviously, Vidalia, uh, or Longshot and Sunflower. Vid- Vidalia. <laughs> they, long, like, Longshot and Sunflower are both, uh, like, the lyrics reference both of those, because I think mm-hmm. it's the two sides of the coin of either being pessimistic or hopeful about the future. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like moon and sun. So exactly. We, we wanted to... Um, we like that kind of stuff, but... I mean, I'm always self-aware about not wanting to come off like pretentious and stuff like that. So yeah, like we'll, we do some of that for us and hopefully people like it. And then other stuff, we have some straightforward, you know, punk songs or something that's obviously about this or that. But we like throwing in some thematic things. I'm like a huge like prog rock nerd. So the fact that he's like getting <laughs> really? on my level, I'm like, let's go, baby. You let's go oh, deep, Cur- Curly listens. Yeah, to concept albums. Like a just fucking I- concept album about the goddamn moon. That's hard. I was about to ask. So when it, when is FRS's concept album dropping? Uh, <laughs> it Actually, might, it's it this might one be dropping next it's- month. <laughs> well, every album is a concept album if you think about it, because music is just a concept, right? Oh my god! Uh, there you go. Uh, nice our minds, I'm our minds are blowing. <laughs> anyway, I should not be allowed to talk. You should. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm joking. Talk more. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you will entertain more dumb questions, always. Hell yeah, dude! It. That's our favorite. You've got the shortest song you guys ever put out on this. Axe to grind. <laughs> it is 53 seconds long. It gets in. It punches me in the the chest and heart and face, and then it leaves without explanation. I don't have a question. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm glad you see it that way. It's I, I am a big fan. Uh, one way Curly and I are opposites, and sometimes we meet in the middle. Is I'm a fan of like short songs, like two choruses max. I also love longer songs, but I like a lot of punk music that gets in and out real quick, doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, whereas Curly is into a lot of the you know six to ten minute territory. So there, you- there's this meme I saw that I have to talk about. It was like, if you like punk, don't worry, the song, or if you don't like punk, don't worry, it'll be over in like 30 seconds. But if you like metal, don't worry, it'll be over in seven minutes. (laughs) Not, not wrong. Not wrong. Especially if you get into doom or sludge or something like that. You're getting into the the four digits. 
Oh yeah, you you go into like uh you go into like a tunnel show for like a some DIY punk band, you're out of there in like three minutes. You go to an I Hate God show in yeah. New Orleans, that's no. a week. I go to those. I do go to those. I, I love I Hate God. I hate God. Yeah. Me, too. Me too, man. I, I have to correct something I said. I, I claimed Axe to Grind was 53 seconds long, and that is wrong. It is 57 seconds long. <laughs> Clocked in under a minute, though. There's a, we really love Hans Gruber and the Diehards, and uh, they're all about short songs. And uh, Kurt's always like, a second chorus? No, just get out of there. And then, uh, or like the drummer and Joystick is always like, 50 seconds? That's too much noodling. <laughs> Let's get to the point. I, I love the idea of a musician that's like, like a song almost a minute long that's indulgent that's okay. <laughs> it's like you, you don't need to show off that much <laughs> i've got more questions unless john wants to wants to tell me to, to shut up no i'll tell you to shut up if i want you to shut up <laughs> all right got, got him i think it's gonna keep going yeah well yeah. constantly oh wait i'll jump in front of this question i am Good. i am <laughs> I am genuinely obsessed with a turn of phrase that Andy used like a fucking hour ago. Uh, and I very much like the idea. And this, there's no universe where this happens. Uh, but just a very short, maybe five track B-side or covers EP called uh, Honkin' on That Thing. Honkin' on That Thing. <laughs> oh, God. There's got to be a jazz thing named Honk. that. Because jazz albums, like people have such a hard time naming jazz albums i feel like because a lot of times there's not lyrics um so it's like <laughs> yeah. like free jazz artists name their stuff free jazz one free jazz two <laughs> yep amazing there's probably something called honking on that thing hold up probably probably <laughs> honking on that thing we're going to the internet we are looking it up as we speak honking didn't thelonious monk just have an album called thelonious monk blows didn't he? <laughs> that sounds right yeah I they probably do that Okay, this is all about gooses. It's going to go down the rabbit hole. Gooses. Gooses. Geeses. I can't right now. <laughs> I broke Jessica. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold oh on. I'm... Oh, wait. There's a band called Goose the Band. All right. We don't need to get into Why it. <laughs> Hold on. This is important. This is very important. That wasn't a strictly A to B connection. You you clicked on geese. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I typed in hon- honking on that thing, I got honking on Bobo, the 14th album yeah, of American. American. Hon- honking on that Bobo. <laughs> honking on that Bobo. I've seen that a lot. Is that why? In that meme, like, what was it? Get, getting kicked out of the uh, the joint circle for asking if you can get a honk on that bobo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a meme, right? Yeah. Before, before the Aerosmith album, that was my dad's, like, uh, entendre to, like, a blowjob. He would always say honking on bobo. So <laughs> oh, when no. that album came out, it scarred me a little bit. And anytime you say honk, that's all that, it, you know. What's the Aerosmith album? Oh, honking, honking on, on Yeah, honking on bobo. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> number 14, you know, what do what you think? 13 other ones. The charts. <laughs> right. Oh, um, yeah. Well, eagle eyed listeners of eagle eared listeners of, of flying raccoon suit will notice that you guys snuck a little secret phrase in the, uh, the titles of your songs. Cause if you take the first letter of each song, you get, Vel shit dwell parsed. That's a good How'd point. How'd you find it? 
<laughs> Hold on, spell it. I'm googling it. <laughs> I can put it in the chat. I can put it in the chat. Hold on. If up. you say that word backwards, that's actually our third album. <laughs> oh my god! It's the, it, it's the hints leading to the next one. Uh, world exclusive. Third album? What album are we on now? <laughs> We've done four albums, Carly. Fuck! World exclusive <laughs> for the the hidden third album of Fire Crusade. Hell Twelve pars. <laughs> we forgot we recorded it. The more you say it, the more it sounds like a thing. V- VLSI stands for Very Large Integration Circuit. <laughs> Actually, also okay. kind of a cool album. <laughs> okay. Integration circuit is like if if I think if maybe uh, people got their like prog rock or like Tomita rocks off and like called it that, that would be a good album name. Honestly, yeah. It's like just just, just call it like Volume Three, whatever you just <laughs> said. And like we're just basically Coheed and Camry at this point. <laughs> there you go. No, no. There's a whole comic or graphic novel you got to get into to really I mean, understand. We're working on that too. We just got to find the right artist. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, it's very, like uh, that's very a little read album right there. Music for machines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think stepping away from the album for just a little bit. So you guys have signed with Bad Time Records. I. This seems like seems like a big move. Uh, do you have do you have thoughts, feelings about this this development for for FRS? Yeah, I I definitely love it. Like uh, they've been pushing the modern Scotsian a lot. Like the label is just five years old, but it was it's definitely you know a big community effort. And a lot of those bands have been so sweet to us, and we've been supportive when we can. You right. know, not a lot of bands hit the south, but as we can be supportive, so being honored is great. And I. Uh, we've been DIY for so long. I loved doing Afterglow, but it was a ton of work for me, even just going to the post office constantly and dropping off records and stuff like that. And then trying to do, you know, promo and art. And you get into that and realize like, oh, I haven't played guitar in two months. I've just been right. <laughs> shipping records and commissioning sticker art and stuff like that. So having a second person on that has been tremendous, sort of like how Curly does DIY recording, but now get a second set of ears on somebody that does the mastering. So that's been big for us. And I've, I've loved, uh, yeah, feeling welcomed by all those bands. Yeah. And just to name a few of them, um, we got Catbite, Omnigun, Bad Operation, Joystick. Those are just the ones I wrote down. There are more, um, yeah. but yeah, like, established names in the scene for sure it's been great Um, and also like the sort of the legacy bands like a lot of the ones that were famous in the 90s and 2000s like mustard plug and suicide machines like seeing bands like that as peers and like hyping our stuff up on social media is equally mind-blowing because like yeah i never thought i'd be able to call mustard plug friends you know but or or jay navarro yeah (laughs) yeah yeah straight up when i i i saw that and then i looked i was like oh shit mustard plug yeah. Holy crap. As known in uh, Renfield and How I Met Your Mother, all these things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I feel like there have to be like maybe maybe more lofty things. Renfield was fine. I like Renfield. Right. <laughs> I also, apparently How I Met Your Mother is a good show. I've never seen it. I don't, eh, it's, eh, but they had a muscle plug <laughs> reference, you know. There we go. I don't watch things. It, it's funny. It's fine. Yeah, and Renfield uh, led to a mustard plug music video where they, because uh, in Renfield they were like, "I fucking hate mustard plug," uh, as one of the characters. So they hired an actress from Renfield to do like one of their music videos. Oh, awesome. nice! As Very the character, cool. that's really cool. 
I think it still hasn't. It's so funny because like we've been sitting on this record and the announcement and the bad time thing for so long. And it still hasn't really sat in because we're just announcing. And Same. it's been kind of insane. The support and like hype people have been having for us on it because, I mean, obviously we've been very hyped about it ourselves and stuff. I mean, something that I constantly deal with is the fucking imposter syndrome. It feels very weird to be peers alongside those bands now. Like that doesn't seem right. That's <laughs> so where I'm, like, that's where I'm at too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird. And hopefully it'll sink in and feel normal. But like right now it's just kind of like that. Just that's weird. That's we're like, good. we're like yeah. nerds from Mississippi, you know I mean? What? <laughs> and now uh, less than Jake has a split on bad time and stuff like that. It's definitely weird. But I mean, the whole scene is so supportive and that's, I love ska as a whole, like for the genre of music, but I've played a lot of genres in my life and I haven't found one that has this type of community, not even like bad time is an amazing community, but even off of bad time, like ska punk international people that are on neither of those, like everybody's so welcoming and hyping and I've played indie rock and been in funk bands and brass bands. And it's not really a community thing. Like, it's either single bands doing their thing or it's more like a competition, it feels like, which is right. just not a good reason to do art, I think. Yeah, no, it's super cool seeing like um, how like tight knit the, the scene is. It, and it's something like um, I think about often because like getting old and it's like what success is kind of changes as you get older and stuff. And it's like uh being a part of like this fucking sick ass community and like actually being a part of it, like feeling like we belong in it is still like part of that imposter syndrome. But like when it does kind of kick in, it it feels like, Holy shit, we've kind of made it like, and I mean like that, that quote, quote cheesy, like, yeah, we've made it guys. But like, it really is like, dude, we're about to put out an album and like, we have an audience that's excited about it. Oh, and yeah. like, that's like what, like, as a musician, as an artist, like that's literally all I ever want. That, it, it's so yeah, hard. People, it's are, people are listening to it, do it and not making fun of me. And it's like, that's all I can ask for. Well, it, it's good. Cause like we, we put out two albums like to no one, which obviously we weren't as good of a band and we didn't know what we were doing promotion wise, but we were doing it cause we loved it. And if we had known, like it would be over a decade until we had an audience knowing that from the <laughs> beginning, I don't know that you would, I would continue. But or maybe I would because you do it for the love of it, but you do want somebody to listen to the stuff you spend a lot of time on. So when Afterglow hit and like in, anyone cared, we were blown away because obviously like the music was important to us. So the fact that people are listening, like no matter how many, is yeah, the, I still I feel like we made it thing. I have not wrapped my head around the fact that that people do listen to us. You know, like I understand that they do, but I don't understand that they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. weird. It, it's, it's weird to wrap my head around. I, I will point out one thing because I love paying attention to the language people used. And, and this is in the context of like the uh, the imposter sy- syndrome that Curly, you mentioned. Because uh, you mentioned it feeling weird, but you never say that it felt wrong. And I think that means you're on a good path. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I mean, <laughs> it gets to an unhealthy point sometimes where like, like I was saying, like, I finally feel confident as like a producer and engineer, but there was a lot of times where I struggled with that, like where it's just like, I don't like this. I'm putting this out there and I feel like it, it reflects bad on the whole band. You know what I mean? Like it, it's that whole thing and where it's like, um, I finally reached a point where like, I actually am confident that I'm 
you know, making something that people like. And, you know, that that part right there in my head is like, well, no, <laughs> like it's just you, Curly. You suck. Like, I don't know. No. I have a lot of problems, man. That's what I was I trying like to I'm avoid. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting on a healthy relationship with the um, imposter syndrome where it's right. almost exciting, where it's like, um, man, uh, you're doing these things. That's crazy for you. And it's like, no, that really is awesome for you. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's good to be. Can't, yeah, can't believe we're doing it. Proud of things you do. And yeah. And we're all, yeah, we're all obviously friends first. So we always take time to hype each other up and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously mental health comes into a lot of the songs and we have right. songs on this ones with insecurities about aging and things like that. So it's all, all full circle and we all talk about it. And I think we all are genuinely proud of this one. And Afterglow. And the other two. Uh, <laughs> Remember when I said three albums? <laughs> probably something deep-seated in that reason. Yeah, there's, I don't dislike it. I understand that, you know, our first album, you know, written as teenagers recorded and we were like, you know, 20 or probably ages of 18 to 20 between the members. Like, it's not the best thing, but it. looking back, it's not as cringy as it could be. Because when you hear a lot of bands' horror stories, it's about like, God, I wrote this thing when I was 16 and it still haunts me. So I'm glad at least that on the first album, I had an aversion to writing about anything relationship-wise. There you go. Because that would be super cringy, I imagine. (laughs) If I had written a bunch of like relationship songs when I was 18 and now I'm in my 30s. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Everyone can hear this. (laughs) So the fact that I wasn't as good of a guitar player, then I don't care. (laughs) And thankfully, all those uh, songs based on what we've said so far were based on uh, farts and uh, poop. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) Man, we've grown up. You've come into your own. The stuff your... we're proud of, though. Yeah. <laughs> not to uh, not to get overly sincere, but like imposter syndrome is a defense mechanism, right? Because the the thing that we're all scared of is succeeding at something we're good at and we care about, which is why like we start to feel like we don't deserve it. But now you guys have like a sick vinyl pressing on like a cool splatter vinyl that I really like. It's it's great. Thank you. Uh, John, if you want to grab a copy, you should do so stat. I heard that there are under 100 copies left. <gasps> Probably a lot less by the time this airs. When this oh, airs, there will be hopefully. none. <laughs> so, so, so maybe hopefully. we should maybe we should extend that to uh, to our <laughs> listeners as well. But you we should also they're going to be gone by the time this comes out. <laughs> John, if, if you want one, grab one now. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, right, I re- scooped you, but we'll rephrase this, man. John, you got the last one. What about the suckers? <laughs> <for not getting? laughs> but of course, the album and the T-shirt are still available for pre-order. Just head over to Bad Time Records Store and look, go to the Flying Raccoon Suit section, and you'll find that those items. Yeah, Thank you. it's always it's always such a. I've gotten better about it, but it's you feel so self-conscious when the hardest thing for an artist sometimes is. The art part is cool. That's what you want to do. But then the look at me aspect of it is something that everybody has to grapple with. Because you have to, it's what you have to do for people to hear it, but it's not comfortable for everyone. And it's sometimes, I mean, you know, we, we, we're only like a week in and I'm like, oh man, you get it. Are people getting tired of me like posting? This? It's like, like I feel very uncomfortable being like, hey, yeah, I got an yeah. album. Yeah, I know. I, I keep looking at my friends list. I'm like, oh God. You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which Sorry. I've gotten better about it because 
at least in this community, I, I believe people genuinely want to see others succeed and I yeah. don't feel as bad, but it, it, there's an insecurity with, uh, if you want to be an artist or if you want to do podcasting, if you want to do video game streaming, like, uh, being an author, you have to have a little bit of uh, look at me in you, it's, which is, yeah, it's the worst part of every industry that it's a part of, but it is the necessary part, which is why yeah. we set up shop for our friends and, and, and people that we really enjoy the art of to come on and then we will do the do do that for you everybody look at flying raccoon suit <laughs> look at them which, get which their stuff <laughs> which we appreciate it thank you buy their shit come on <laughs> do it. please buy their shit yeah there's so many brilliant musicians and you know authors and everything uh you know toiling in obscurity because they kind of put it out into the void and we did that for a long time i mean our presence used to be like i made a facebook post That's yeah <laughs> I feel the same way because, like, anything artistic that I, like, care about, like, performance or writing, I'm like, no one should ever see this. I'll, I'll tell people about it because I've been told to. But then, like, with the podcast, just, like, give us money, you know, who cares, whatever. Exactly. Not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know, I think everybody gets it. Everybody consumes media, you know? You get it. Constantly, yeah. It's all I do. It's why the yeah. show exists, actually, is because I can't, <laughs> I can't stop and I, I just have to talk about it. That's yeah. John. He's here every week. Yeah. I need you to stop talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Rings. <laughs> what? His, a great his, movie. his <laughs> favorite movie. Yo, that rules. <laughs> it's fine. It's a good one. He's, right. he's a Cur- real- curly guest episode. Breaking it down. <laughs> Shang-Chi and Legend of the Seven Rings. Uh, curly yes. guest episode. Speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, shameless plugs, Curly, you mentioned you you do YouTube and Twitch. Do you want to like drop some some handles right now? Or uh, yeah, man. Uh, currently, I'm not as active as I want to be, but it's a uh, youtubecom slash Curly Studios, K E R L E Y Studios, and then um the same on Twitch as the handle is just Curly Studios. Um, I since we're taking a break from the album, I finally got back to working on some videos and stuff, which. I've been working on a video, dudes, for fucking like five years. So oh, like a video. Okay. Wow. And like I picked it back up finally after the album and it is so close to being finished. <laughs> but I have been lacking so much motivation because oh, like, yeah. I was like, I got a break and I just really just need a mental break. So like, granted, I'm not as active as I want to be on it, but I'm about to start dropping some bangies. Hell yeah. So it's his magnum yeah. opus. I'm so excited for that. I remember, I remember playing tuba on it like four or five years ago. <laughs> I dropped an egg on the ground. Dude, it's going to be a time capsule. It's crazy. Oh yeah, God. it's going to be like, that's what I looked like back in 2019. Whoa. <laughs> 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 and then Nevin and Brandon, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wild. Wow. Well, yeah, look forward for that. Tune into his stuff. Look out for that drop. It's going to drop. Everything drops. It's great. <laughs> Eggs drop. Drops. We're doing it. Yep, I dropped an egg. <laughs> Egg drop soup. <laughs> Egg drop soup. Yeah. <laughs> I am out of questions, so I'm going to throw it to John. John, you got you got you got stuff, cool. or should we let these people go? Um, yeah, we should probably let them go. I will say when Curly said that he was working on a video for like five years, I really thought you were going to be like, "I'm going to blow the lid off all this Epstein stuff." <laughs> like <new stuff." laughs> like oh, three wait, or wait, four wait, years wait. The ago. Video. The video tomorrow. Has oh to yes. Do with that. Oh, video. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. For what video is she talking about? Oh, yes. tomorrow. Are you okay? Oh, tomorrow, as yeah, in the no. air day. Tomorrow, 
Yeah. yeah, so currently yeah, right, right. to get to get people hyped up, uh yeah, Eat the World drops tomorrow. Curly yes. plays a conspiracy theorist, uh what would you call it? Like YouTuber or Fox I News person. Know. It's kind of a cross between like J. Joma Jameson and yeah. Alex Jones. So. <laughs> Alex Jones. Yeah. Alex, Alex Jones, Pride of Austin. The Pride of Austin. Not quite, not quite uh, Alex Jones. And Curly's but... yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm excited for people to see that. It, it out of like, context it sounds bad but we're, we're anti-alex <laughs> jones to be clear <laughs> it's very much like making fun of that and it was all done in like like just improv take and it's really stupid hell yeah so stupid. he talks about hot pockets in it yeah that's oh where that comes from <laughs> oh my god oh, it's all connected it's been a thing for years <laughs> we wow that's, that's how you write an episode of a show hell yeah <laughs> oh my good god. writing everybody this is this so, is a real like all music kicks in <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, that's okay. like beginning beginning shot ending shot same shot different meaning so good Credits. so good, so good. <laughs> well thank you so much to andrew and jessica and curly of flying raccoon suit for coming on and talking to us and, and joking and, and being good and i had more but it's gone being good. <laughs> being good. i don't know hey guys thank you for being good thanks for being good <laughs> Y'all were being good too, and I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for being on your best behavior, uh, <laughs> and thanks for remembering that it's actually uh, the day that it is, and not the day that it is. <laughs> oh, we tried. <laughs> That's at least five minutes of this episode. Thanks for being good and remembering what day it is. And thank you for having us, man. This is fun. Awesome. Um, yeah, I do have to come clean. Uh, they say when you want to go viral on like social medias, you should make a small mistake in your post so that people point out the correction. Uh, so when I first announced this episode, I tagged <laughs> FRS band, mm-hmm. a yeah. small mistake because <laughs> well, your, ha- <laughs> your handle is FRS the band. Well, they're now our mortal enemies. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I made a small funny, mistake. Like, we joined Twitter a little too late and, Every handle you could possibly think of flying raccoon suit wise was too complicated to take in or too long. Just ass. Like yeah. <laughs> people spell our name wrong all the time. So like yeah. it wouldn't have helped our we, SEO yeah, like, to actually use the word raccoon because no one knows how to fucking spell it clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, the shitty thing is, so there both ways to spell it are right in the dictionary, but the band name is only spelled one way. So which, what? Don't don't give into the dictionary bullshit, Andy. What? Stand for something in your goddamn well, life. Well, hey, so there's that misspelling, but people also put one O in it, which what is What are the you thing. saying? There's a one spelling, and it's goddamn two C's two and two C's, O's. Two C's, two O's. I want to hear your well, bullshit, I feel like two dude. C's is don't definitely correct. Don't give in to the pressure. <laughs> the same thing with the goddamn Tanuki suit. I'm not going down this road. It's oh, not I, the fucking same thing. It's a it, different uh, goddamn power-up. <laughs> Curly's passionate. <laughs> Oh, and it doesn't help that in the Super Mario movie, they just called Raccoon Mario God the Tanuki suit. He, oh, no, my God. He didn't turn into a statue. No, no, no. Yeah. He was wearing the fucking Tanuki suit. And Donkey Kong, God bless him, his fucking soul, rest in peace. God rest damn peace. it. He <laughs> says, nice raccoon suit. You fucking assholes. That broken? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the, that this. Wait, l- l- let's get the, the definitive recorded. What is the difference? Okay, flying raccoon suit is raccoon Mario. He's the motherfucker. He gets the leaf, <laughs> and he's got the flying raccoon suit. Yeah, in like Super Mar- in like uh, three, right? Mario Bros. Three, yeah, yeah. yeah. warp whistle and shit. Yeah, 
Yeah. The Tanuki suit from the same game is a full-on fucking fox bear suit that also can fly, but has very different characteristics. Firstly, he looks like a goddamn furry. Shout out to all the furries out there. It's this fucking fucker. <laughs> yeah. This fucking fucker and right there here. Is. See him? He's covered. Yeah. The Tanuki suit also has the statue power of where if you right. get down, uh, wait, up on the D-pad... He turns into a statue and enemies can pass you up and shit. Also, the Tanuki suit nowadays is completely nerfed and it's baby ass baby mode and it sucks. Curly, well, but it's very passionate. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, there, there we have it. The, the definitive difference recorded forever. Curly, if you ever need to, I will provide you that clip that you can just send to people <laughs> from here on out. Oh, it doesn't fucking matter how many times I've been through this, man. You don't every, understand. No, I would love if you cut that clip. And I don't think you can, but if somehow on every comment that says Tanuki suit, you drop the full rant <laughs> there underneath we go. it. There we go. Every Reddit post, every YouTube comment, just full rant underneath all of them. Like, Don't threaten me like, with a good time. I'll do it. Shout out shout out to the Bad Time Records community. But the very first day that we had our Discord channel created, somebody popped in there with a Tanuki suit, and I was just eye twitching the whole time. Just the whole damn time. Yeah. I was about to blow the lid off the whole thing. Oh, We're I, not I, doing this, Andy. We're not signing on. Anymore. Oh, yeah. Bad Time Records does have a Discord difference. if people want to do the Patreon and join Discord thing. I see the difference for the first time in my life. Yeah. Blind... Raccoon, it's raccoon suit Mario just yeah. has the ears and the tail. It's not uh-huh. a full. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like the math symbols. I'm glad I could convert one of you. Thank <laughs> you. Now, now, as of the last few years, has Cat Mario contributed to the confusion? <laughs> Cat Mario fucking rules. First off, like, oh yeah, 3D World is a goddamn masterpiece, dude. I love it so much, and the fact that he got the love in the movie. Oh man. What a great fucking game that was. Holy shit. <laughs> dude. I can't wait for Mario Wonder. I can't fucking wait, dude. The fucking Wonder Flower looks like, oh, God, it's so oh, You can turn into an wait. elephant, which will be Elephant a- Mario and Peach? Like, yeah. oh, my God, sit on me, please. <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> Hell yeah. I can't fucking wait. And it drops the same day as Spider-Man 2 in the podcast. This is going to go on forever. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, John, you wanted to say something? You wanted to jump in? Scoop me? No, it's just we we have this thing where if Henry and I start talking about video games, at the end of the podcast, we should end it because we'll talk about it for three or four hours. Forever. <laughs> we'll we've, never we've, end. we've hit the trend. All right. Perfect. Well, yes. Thank you so much to Curly, Andrew, Jess, Jess, Andrew, Curly. I think I've said the, the permutations of your names all three ways and now. john thank you john john has to be here <laughs> john can't not be here you're welcome <laughs> but thank you so much for i already thanked you i'm gonna stop thanking you then yep. thank thank y'all for having us uh we appreciate yeah. it no thank you guys very much thank absolutely you. how does this end how do we end that how do we end this <laughs> can we all awkwardly wave goodbye for the audio listeners <laughs> just left amazing she's like that's how <laughs> all right yeah uh just all just right. we'll wave yeah. and then john cool. and i will do something in post have a good night y'all yeah night And that, and that was...
I'm sorry. And that was flying raccoon suit. They're all gone now, so we can say terrible things about them. They're all gone. <laughs> Thank every, you, Curly. Every member, every member has left. <laughs> every member has left, including Curly, who is still here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a wonderful conversation. I really liked doing that. Uh, would really love to do more of that. But I think the only thing we have to do left on this episode, John, is to tell people how they can contact us. So, John, please take the, take it away. John, that, please. Uh, take it that, away. That, that, John, John that, take it. That, that, please, please that, John, take it away. If you want to contact, John, take it away. <laughs> all right. If you, <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can do so on X. X used to be Twitter. I'm still going to call it Twitter. You can contact us on Twitter slash X. You can exit at us at ZCPCWHJ on X dot X. And I believe my friend Curly knows what that acronym stands for. (laughs) You got to You got to make up a quick acronym. Wait, what was it? It's, 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 <laughs> you know, it used to matter what it was, but it actually, over time, it's ZCPCWHJ on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> <a lot>. uh, <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, fuck, all I can think is xylophone, but that's not the next. <laughs> that's right. And if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to... Uh, zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com that's right we are not fixing our top level domain ever it's broken and i can't figure out how to fix it so zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com if you're listening to this podcast congratulations your friends can too on every other place that podcasts exists like good pods pod chaser spotify rest in peace stitcher hope you backed up your shows because stitcher is dead as hell if you could leave us a review or a rating on any of these services that is a great way for people to learn about the podcast but the best way for people to learn about the podcast i realize now that i'm on camera i do a lot of gesticulating when i go through the social media reads the best way for people to find out about the podcast is for you to get on cam with your friends or your only fans community wherever you can get on a cam in front of people get on your camry get on your camry and shout (laughs) shout from the top of your camry that people should listen to zero credits because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so tell your friends tell your fans Tell your Camrys, and we'll be glad. Slant rhyme. Back to you, Henry. Zebra cookies. Pie cookies. Whoa, hot jam. (laughs) Whoa, hot jam. Whoa, hot jam, indeed. Thank you, Curly, for for supplying that. Uh, And as I always have to say, and from everyone here at the FRS Cross and the Japanese-style Cross over... I don't know, meta, uh, FRS, cross ZCPC studios. We just want to wish everybody here a happy week. And I just got to say, whoa, zebra cookies, hot jam. <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Say goodbye, Curly. Goodbye. We did it.
big clap after the goodbyes. Wow. Could just hit stop recording, but I never do. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't know why we clap, because we don't need to sync anything up at the very end of the... Why do we do it's, that? It, it feels official. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, it's true. it's a celebration more than like a function. Yeah, we're all on the same page. It's all over. That makes sense. I usually wait for John to say something incriminating before I stop too. Oh. Do, do you just keep rolling until he's like, please, please, I kicked a goat. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> it, it, it really it really does keep going until I say like some Epstein stuff. <laughs> Got it.